welcome everybody to Sandwich Talk. I'm your host, Carlos. This is my chance to hang out with some friends, dive into some new sandwiches, talk about some old ones that we love, and discover something new about each other, too. It's a beautiful podcast we put out on Spotify, YouTube, and today we're doing this in partnership with the folks over at Taste the Local Difference. You'll find out more about them later, but first and foremost, I get to hang out with a friend of mine today by the name of Chef Reese Hogerhide. Uh, we've been friends for a long time. We've known each other through the pop-up scene. We've known each other just through the Detroit food scene. And now you get a chance to hang out with him in his establishment where he's been able to build out this incredible menu. And all together, learning about this place, it's not just art of where we're at, but it's art in the food. So with that being said, I'd like to introduce the world over to my friend, Reese Hogerhead. Hi, how's Welcome it going? Show, dude. Yeah, <laughs> happy to be here. Yeah, well, man. I mean, you're here with me now, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, it's been a long time, so I'm glad we finally get to hang out and eat. And dude, we yeah. we only ever get to hang out like in food capacity, working or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, we've known each other through the pop up scene. Uh, yeah. You had a pop up for years. Yeah, uh, so I did a lot of different pop ups uh, with my former partner, where we kind of just would. Fill in everywhere in the Detroit scene, kind of like uh, places we like to hang out, people we like working with. Um, you and I have done some together, uh, you know, over time. But uh, we, you know, with felony provisions, we we really filled in to kind of using it as an expressive way for us to kind of get more into the market, see more people, introduce people to kind of what we were doing um, above and beyond the brick and mortars that we were operating at the time with my former partner Jason Osborne. Totally, and you were always in the kitchen scene too, which is something that I gave it up for too. Is like. Watching you be in the kitchen scene, working, and then as well doing a pop-up, like that takes a lot of dedication. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely beat myself up for a long time <laughs> over running multiple operations, and then uh, my one night off would be running a pop-up, and uh, that, that very quickly changed with, uh, with children over the years, but obviously, uh, you know, it's, it, when you love what you do, you kind of like always just take the time to pour so much into it and spend every waking moment you can into just making good food and it's always great too because in the pop-up scene it's where you know we could hang out with our friends and just do something that wasn't the daily grind it was something different it's like oh we're, this is a really cool project that we're working on or this cool dish or whatever we can kind of test drive it out and say like yo like let's get some friends together let's go hang out at a restaurant that that's their night or bar or whatever that's closed we be like okay cool we'll take over and we're just going to go sling some awesome food which leads us to where we're at i think this is I feel super special for having been invited by you here because <laughs> first and foremost, we are at the Daxton Hotel. The Daxton altogether, this entire complex, number one, is beautiful. You look at it from the outside and it's a work of art. You walk in and there's not just art placed everywhere strategically, but it's also in itself just a work of beauty. On top of that, the one reflection that I've understood so far, and that we're going to dive into a little bit more, is how much the food reflects what the art is inside of here as well. So much so that if you're a person staying here at the hotel, you get this on your pillow, <laughs> which is a story about Reese and his dedication to the sandwich. It's it's true. It's uh, I'm I'm from the Midwest. I you know was uh, originally from Flint and. Midwesterners, they like really humble food and sandwiches are kind of like something that always, that's what I always ate forever. I mean, my, my mom was a pastry chef and she would still come home from her bakery and she would just 
stand in the fridge open like I do now and eat sandwiches. So that's kind of what I grew up on. And through my travels, you kind of learn that like it's something that I always try to, you know, build into the morals of like a lot of my staff is no matter where you come from, no matter where you are uh, in the entire world is that we all eat the same uh, in whatever capacity, like no matter the culture, there's going to be some kind of like stuff between bread, whether it's naan or pita or tortillas or whatever it is, like no matter where it is in the world, there's something that's, I mean, not like getting into the argument of like, is a hot dog a sandwich, but it's, no, the, the <laughs> it's fact of the matter so. is something <laughs> is sandwiched in a culture and you're going to find that relationship. Yeah. The same as here in the American South, we have fried chicken. It originated from Africa, but it exists in Korea and Japan. It's fried poultry everywhere in the world. There's sandwiches everywhere in the world. There's something everywhere in the world. It's just what it means to us kind of here and that's what we kind of put into the menus and the food that we do is what showcases not only like the local ingredients that we work with the purveyors that we work with but like my little touch is like i just like super like hefty sandwiches because that's like if that's the one meal i eat a day i'm definitely <laughs> probably gonna go for a sandwich because i'm on the move you can take it with you or not you can save it for later it's good either way dude that's the thing about like our jobs and what we do is we actually don't get a chance to eat throughout the day like it's unfortunate I, yeah. I always try to keep like snacks or something with me if I can like eat some nuts or granola but for the most part I'm going to sit down and I'm going to have one meal one sandwich yeah it's, and it becomes like so innate like you wake up you grind you go 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 and then you finally eat and you're like oh my god that is so much I can't and you're eating like a tiny little something even if it is just a sandwich um, but it is you know we kind of look at it a little differently here uh in terms of like it's a large hotel we have a lot of staff you know uh in peak season over you know up to 200 staff that we have in the entire property that uh our culinary team actually feeds every single day to take care of and it's the, the mantra of take care of those that take care of you because we all work in a team so just a little That's little it. touch on top of it but i mean on top of that too some of their favorite days in our cafeteria is sandwich day so it all kind of ties together. People That's like awesome. it. people like sandwiches. No matter yeah. what culture, we have people that work here from all over the world, from Vietnam, Taiwan, Turkey, Istanbul, uh, Dubai, Korea, Japan, uh, Jamaica, Cuba. A lot of them here from the Midwest, and like no matter what, like they all. That's a great tea. That's a lot of different food. Yeah, and we try and do as much as we can to like feed them, but it's the. But the fact is, you have so many different like uh, ideas and tastes. They're all involved in that, too. I imagine yeah. a lot of those people have certain things that they can add to what you're doing throughout the day. Yeah, it's it's definitely like the flair of, um, you know, we kind of have nods to it in our, you know, one of our uh, side dishes in the, the restaurant right now is we have uh, a Bengali five-spice roasted cauliflower. Mm. Uh, literally my entire, like, server assistant, like, food running team and expoers, they're all from Bangladesh, so... Oh, wow. we, we take a lot of like what they like and we're sitting there for, you know, sometimes eight hours a day kind of like shooting the shit with them of like, you know, they're standing right there with you on the, on the pass and talk about the food that they like, food that we like. And it's just this uh, kind of environment where we all just want to be with each other. And, yeah. and you express a lot through food and it's great to be able to like bring that to the forefront and recognize people. If it's you're making a forum, like if it's for staff meal, if it's like, you know, showcasing something that we're doing. In the restaurant, it's a nod to, to everybody that we have as a part of our team. Is it weird that when you said staff meal, I got really hungry? No, <laughs> family meal, staff meal. Staff we, meal is something that specifically for the folks that work in the industry, if you know about staff meal or family meal, it's a beautiful time where there's some kind of food that's been prepared just for the people in the back of the house, and or you know the front of house to run in real quick and grab a bite, and. For that food, it's usually something that's ridiculously delicious, a combination of multiple ingredients from throughout the kitchen, 
and somehow, some way, never going to be on the on the menu unless they decide one day, hey, we're going to put this random wild thing on the menu. Yeah. Every time, though, it's <laughs> amazingly delicious. I want to jump into a sandwich, though, real quick. Let's do Before it. Before we do it, I need to read something because this is this is a beautiful thing. Um, some background. This is one of my favorite sandwiches ever. Written here. With each savory bite, the Muffaletta sandwich takes Chef Reese back to those warm and fuzzy memories of building simple meals together while enjoying time with his loved ones. That's freaking beautiful, dude. <laughs> Come on. Well, so I don't, I don't write these. It's more or less um, our, our chief storyteller, as he's so eloquently known. Um, <laughs> Josh, uh, he, he kind of like takes a lot of what I do, which I'm very fortunate that he can really word together and it was more or less like me crouching in the office explaining to him he's like well what kind of sandwich like what do you want to do what is, we call these like our, our bedtime stories right right and uh it's still like the notion i was like i don't know like my diet normally consists of like me three in the morning in front of an open refrigerator whatever's there totally and, i eat uh, over the sink or over the trash can I don't know like any industry person would sitting on a milk crate or a five gallon bucket <laughs> as we all all so so I, uh, easily do i typically keep a cooler in my kitchen yeah and I sit on the cooler if I need to sit down. Well, it's multi-purpose. You don't yeah. want something that only does one thing. Keeps me cold. Also a chair. Could be a dining room table. It's whatever you want it to be. Welcome to the world of a kitchen person. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dive into the sandwich, dude. It looks insane. Yeah. I want to show the world what's up on this one. Um, when I say work of art, I mean a work of art. Look at this thing. So multiple layers of meat, different kinds of meat. We've got some lettuce on there. It looks like a nice jardinier as well. Uh, maybe not necessarily a tapenade, but definitely more on the jardinier side. It's a, it is a muffaletta that we make in-house, so a true muffaletta, uh, which is this sandwich. Uh, it's all house-made, so we do kind of like a banh mi-style bread. Um, so really soft in the middle, nice and crusty on the outside. Toasted, comes with some of our, uh, we make our own capicola, our own salami, our own ham, mortadella, and then our own muffaletta spread. So we it's basically a jardinier that we cut Castle Vitrano olives into. Um, with a, uh, a red wine vinaigrette. It's basically like the most bougie muffaletta we could make. Where, Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we, instead of just making like a, you know, like a sub dressing, we take our um, basil that we get from a local farm and uh, we make a basil oil that we mix with uh, the red wine vinegar to make kind of like that sub dressing and like completely just drench iceberg lettuce in it and put it in there because smart. Well, I mean, iceberg lettuce, no matter who like poo poos it, it's the best sandwich topper. Like the shreddest, like thinly shredded, shreddest. thinly shredded iceberg lettuce. It's cold, it's crunchy, it's pointless, but it's just delicious. It's there. It adds texture. Um, yeah. It soaks up the flavor as well because typically yeah. it's on its own. The flavor is nothing. It's not existent. It's water. It has like it's like negative calories. It, it doesn't even exist as a thing. But dude, it's an honor to sit down and have a meal with you and not be working right now. You got a dink, man. Technically working. Somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is my job. But yeah. Cheers, dude. Cheers. Mm. Oh, well. It's a good sandwich. Wow. I'm surprised by all the different flavors I'm getting. It's like, typically in the muffaletta, you get a little bit more of like a heavy deli meat flavor. Mm -hmm. And then you get the tapenade or the jardinier. This is... The meat is so well textured, heavily flavored, a little bit of nutty. Mm -hmm. You're getting the spice. The exterior um, 
roast on here too? Yeah. Dude, talk to me about these meats. What are they? So the Capicola, we take, it's traditionally like a copa. So when we process the whole hogs, we take the neck muscle out, we cure it, and then we just coat the whole thing in herbs. And um, we take the, the, the finer points of, of uh, modern cuisine, we sous vide it so it's perfectly cooked, and then we hard roast it to set it. Um, the ham, <laughs> we take the back ham off of the hog, we cure all that, and then we hang them, smoke them, and then hang them again. Salami, large format, Kota salami, super traditional, all pork, all delicious. We make that, it's got the whole uh, peppercorns that we soak in wine in there. Mm. We hang them, mm -hmm. stuff them in a traditional beef bung casing, uh, and then we literally roast that, hang them, and then they slice all this to order and they put it on top of some fresh bread with some toppings. Mm. You can absolutely tell that that was sliced to order. Mm -hmm. The meat is absolutely falling apart, but it, it's still holding together so well. Congealed, rather than having been sat in a warehouse, fridge, freezer, out, fridge, freezer. Yeah, and that's like the benefit that we, we really strive for, but not only the freshness, but when we're using local products, we want it to shine through um, just from, again, that mantra of, being local, being high quality, being of all of this great quality, we want that to shine through. So if totally. we're going to make, like we're making deli meat, it's a deli sandwich at, at base, but it's just really good pork, it's really good bread, it's really good produce. Um, and not just like going that extra mile because we can, like, oh, if we, if we can make it, we should make it. We're doing it for the right reasons to showcase, like, it's just really good and, and it's very basic, like, yeah, it's a ham, but it's a really good ham because it's really good pork. It's raised really well, it's treated with care. And then don't like stop short of the finish line, slice it to order. Don't like pre-slice a whole bunch of stuff. And Super it, smart. Yeah. So that way you're just going to get the best high quality product that you possibly can. The bread, dude. The bread is fantastic. It's almost brioche in, uh, yeah. in its texture. So it's like a combination. It's um, almost like a Cuban roll mm. that we did almost like in a French bread style. So a little bit of steam to get that crust on there. Super soft in the middle. A little bit of oil, so it makes a it roast nice. on the and inside there, too. You're going to have a little bit of that crunch on the inside. Yeah. Adding another layer of texture. Super smart. Yeah, so just throwing it on the flat top and then finishing these, warming it all together, and then hitting it with that cold condiment on top, that shredded iceberg lettuce, the muffaletta spread. And then just, it's, it's again, a super simple sandwich, but, like, I would eat this nine days a week. This is one of those weird times where I'm eating it, I'm enjoying it. I'm talking about it, and as I continue to talk about it, I get hungrier for the same thing that I'm eating. It's a killer sandwich. Because it sounds great. The work that you've done to it in itself is an art. Mm. Which I guess that goes back to, like, the Daxton. The Daxton here, you know, we briefly walked around for a second before doing this, and I couldn't help but notice that there's different works of art all over the place. The place itself is absolutely beautiful. That's where we're sitting. We're sitting in, like, a private room in the Daxton, um, facing just the street here in Birmingham, this would be a reason for me to come here. Let alone the food is fantastic, but the area, the, the, the ambiance here, it doesn't feel like I'm just sitting in a restaurant that got accolades because they're in a nice neighborhood. I'm sitting in a place that actually appreciates what the food is, what the, what the art form is. You've always been that type of person 
that in every, like whether it's felony provisions, doing the pop-ups with you or anything that you've done, you care so much about not just the ingredients going into things, but the way it's presented yeah. and then how it's cooked, how it's delivered, and then the, the, the textures that one gets, the flavors that they get when they eat it. Yeah. How did that translate from going from like the pop-up world and what you've done previously to then working here? So, I mean, it was uh, definitely like, it's a weird transition to going from like the gorilla kitchen aspect or running, you know, everything from like barbecue, bistro pub, fine dining and, you know, kind of what we do here um, and making that the amalgamation of kind of what we what we do, because in Birmingham, it is a super nice area. Um, but being the focus of art allowed to kind of flex in that a little bit more. Um, we have, I think, like over 300 different independent pieces throughout the entire hotel even into like the guest rooms and all of the guest facing areas. Um, so being able to take inspiration from that is, is something that is made it a lot more interesting and a lot more fun, especially for myself and my entire team um, is we actually, we started uh, upon opening uh, a series called the art of dining to where I'll actually walk around the hotel, uh, you know, with key members of my team and we'll pick out five or six different pieces of art and we do a five or six course menu each course based on that piece of art and it's paired with wine and a cocktail that is also like kind of like tying it all together and then we'll invite the artist in to come in and talk about those pieces. So wow. it's a, a very immersive experience, um, but it makes it really fun and, and interesting to be able to kind of like tell because we have so many different pieces that have wild stories and, uh, you know, and to think that like we started to run out of things that we like, it's not just the art on the walls anymore. It's, it's literally like the light fixtures, like the one above us right now or, um, you know, different pieces all over. That's what you're looking at right there. It looks like the stars. It's amazing. Yeah, so that one was actually a, a time lapse of, uh, of shooting stars that was done in like a slow capture and then it shows the, the trail of the star. We're gonna take that, we apply the art to, to what we do in the food and we're able to kind of really showcase, you know, what the artistic expression of food is and try and put the, the Midwestern touch into it where it's like artfully crafted, very well done, handmade, thoughtful, a lot of intention into it and playful in the sense of it's not super fussy food because a lot of people when they come and ask, they're like, oh, what's your favorite thing on the menu? Which obviously is a, a horrible question. I'm like, I wrote the whole thing. I hope I like all yeah, of it. Right? <laughs> There's these two things that are just total garbage. Yeah. Um, oh, my favorite thing on the menu, easily just this one thing and the rest of it, you don't even want it. Yeah, don't even ask about it. Um, so, but the best way to explain it is like, I'm, again, I'm, I'm super simplistic in that sense. Not just like with what I eat or what I do, but like, what's the best thing? Oh, we do a roast chicken. Like, it's just a real, it's a really, really nice chicken. It's served super simply. It's bought from a good farm. It's raised really well. It's sustainable. There's not a whole lot that we do to it, and like, people love chicken. See, like, that's the important thing, though, is you you source ethically and properly. You know where your things are coming from. I'm sure the chicken had a name before it hit somebody's table. I'm yeah, I'm sure it did. I don't really ask, but the majority <laughs> of the farmers is like, I mean, I like I raised chickens, you know, for some time too, and I've worked on farms, so I, like I I totally understand it. Like that, it adds like the merit to it, but just how much it actually matters, like. If you were to do, like, an actual taste test, which we did, like, initially, like, what farm are we going to buy this from? Where does it come from? And the different farms and everywhere that we work with, like, we know from my background, like, I know what it should be. It's, you know, the breed, the feed, the, the, the care and the process of it getting from that producer to us. That all matters. So 
you can tell the difference in that. Like it tastes better and there's not a whole lot that you have to do to it. So we're able to showcase ingredients that it's an ingredient. Like it shouldn't be hidden. It's not powders and soils and textures and everything else in between. While we still do that, like that's where the art comes in, but we're showcasing like, this is really good food. It's like, it's a really good piece of chicken. Like do we yeah. have luxury ingredients. Yeah. It's, we're a luxury property. We are doing fine dining. Like I spend a lot of money on truffles. That's just something that happens. But you know what? We're putting a lot of it onto like fries and into potatoes and, and starchy, carby things that everybody likes. And it's good. Like, why not do it? But just showcase something that's of high quality. Yeah. That's all that matters. I can very much tell that you did that with that sandwich. Like, uh, as we're, as I was finishing up and doing the clean plate club on that one, um, the textures of each individual meat was really kind of what was standing out the most to me. In that you also can pick apart what you're eating and feel the different flavors of each individual thing. As a unit, being a sandwich, it holds up, it tastes great. Um, it's a different shape than a standard muffaletta that I would know. Yeah. But once again, you fall in with the with the art where it's your your interpretation based on what you can do and what you want to do and how you want to make right. present here. And I think that that's what's really important. I, it's that's one of the best muffalettas ever. That was fantastic. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, and I and love the muffaletta. That's that's the fun part too. Is that everything like being open for interpretation when it comes to like food and hospitality is down to like there's even specific like grammatical clauses. And so like if you write a menu, it doesn't follow a traditional grammar clause because it's it's open to interpretation based on what you do. And, and being able to kind of express that it, it allows us to really showcase what it is that we're good at, what we want to do, and what we all about realistically as like a whole property not just in our food but our, our form of hospitality and how we take care of people it really matters because that makes it so it we stand out because if you're just following the status quo like even if we made a muffaletta has to be this type of bread has to be this has to be that then that's not us that's like it, it's an it, interpretive thing it's always about how you see it because how i view the world is different from how you view the world but 100%. it's that's why everything is awesome. Like that's why sharing food with people is like it's always an experience because it's how you think of it. How you know, there's not very many people that are gonna sit here and really like. I mean, you and I would obviously talk about the texture of meat inside of a sandwich, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not everybody's gonna do that. And it, for some people, it's yes or no, good or bad. Like it's, it is what it is, and that's why it's great to be able to share that and share how you kind of express that in the world. For me, it's it's through food. I think you did a great job. That's, and for me, like from what I what I gather, the best kind of people that I know that make food are the people that with intent, they want to make sure that that food has the same type of, or, or a different kind of effect, like emotionally, physically, makes them feel a certain way. It makes them feel like they can not just enjoy the moment, but then go talk about that moment that they felt inviting something. Yeah, and that's like my, my whole viewpoint in food is that it's not it there there is like some interesting studies that it was done like along the lines of um there was a book too i think it's like i i eat the same as you or, or something along those yeah. lines where it ties the cultural differences to being these experiences that everybody has that are very similar but then it's also geographical to like what's the number one food in new york like new york city it's pizza okay it lays on like the same lateral line as rome birthplace of pizza like the wheat the way that it grows there the way the tomatoes grow there the appellation of those things like there's a tie to all of it in some way shape or form around the world where it 
it, it all just like it's when you put it in that perspective, it all starts to add up. And then you can share those experiences with no matter who you're sitting at the table with, a couch or outside on a park bench. It does like it doesn't matter. Everybody has those experiences, and it's it's expressing it and sharing it with everybody else. Like you can, it doesn't matter your creed, color, anything. You can sit down and break bread and have food with somebody. That experience is what really matters, and, and food is the the catalyst and the vehicle to make all of that happen. Amazing. Before we jump into the next sandwich, I want to take a quick break. I want to talk about our sponsor for for this episode, previous episode, episodes coming up as well. Uh, we're working with Taste the Local Difference. If you do not have the local food guide, if you haven't seen this, please do yourself the favor. I'd like to bring on really quick Paul to give a, give a quick 15 seconds on Taste the Local Difference. Everybody, Paul, Paul World. Hello, world. I'm Paul Green. Uh, I work for Taste the Local Difference. Uh, this is great, Carlos. Great, Reese. Thanks. Happy Thank you. Put it together. So, uh, Taste the Local Difference works statewide with local food businesses like farms and restaurants that buy from them to support them. We offer marketing services and we are you know, basically the biggest cheerleaders we can be for local food all over the state of Michigan. Give us a follow at Taste the Local Difference on Instagram or Facebook, or check out our website, localdifference.org. You can sign up for our newsletters and read our blog. Yeah, take it easy. Thank you very much. Quick note, as a consumer of food, I found out about different places uh, that I could either purchase from, uh, know about restaurants, partners within the city, people that work with each other, but then also by doing this, and having my own business, which is our second sponsor, Aunt Me's, which you get these today. This is for you. Yes. <laughs> Chips and salsa. We're based on a Eastern market. But because of my business and the different connections that I have, we've been able to connect with other restaurants, bars, uh, stores, but then also been able to do this podcast and be connected with you and the team here, Josh and everybody here, uh, to find out about the Daxton. And that's because of Paul and this team at Taste the Local Difference. Do yourself the favor, pick this up, flip through it, check it out. Um, I learned a lot, and I've been doing food here for 13 years. So you learn more every day. Yeah, they're an awesome resource, and uh, Paul has been able, and a major help to us, we can literally call him from the commercial, like, restaurant side of things. Is like, hey, we need this, or we're looking for whatever produce or whatever purveyor, and uh, their network is so expansive for, for us uh, in not just Oakland County, but throughout the uh, the entire area that they cover. They have a network that is so fantastic that they'll set you up with the farmer's markets, the purveyors, the growers, the producers of whatever it is that you're looking for to continue to support local and support natural. 100%. So cheers, taste of local difference. Yeah, absolutely. We have one more sandwich to cover, dude. We do. Um, this one, so we've had these prepared beforehand. And they were brought out to me before we started recording, and the smell has engulfed the room at this point. <laughs> um, I can still smell it, and that's how heavy of a smell this is. This sandwich in particular has been, it blew me away from when I first saw it. It's a chicken sandwich. You've had a chicken sandwich. Everybody's eaten chicken sandwiches at this point. This one looks special, but why is this one special? Because uh, it tastes really good. <laughs> uh, so this is our Korean fried chicken sandwich. Um, so I've uh, I've been really been working on this sandwich through several restaurants for several years at this point, but it has always been a standby in, in several iterations. From um, you know even my partner Jason uh, back with uh, Gold Cash Gold, um, it's kind of evolved over the years. So over the past nine years, the sandwich has kind of really been. Wow been something um 
So it's uh, uh, our house buttermilk and full sour pickle brined chicken thigh. Um, it is fried in uh, a pretty interesting dredge where it's um, kind of like cornmeal, corn flour, rice flour. So it's super, super, super crispy. Uh, and then it's topped with, you know, shredded iceberg lettuce, our house made pickles, and then a kimchi aioli. The whole thing is tossed into a sweet gochujang glaze. Um, so we mix gochujang with some of our house-made fermented ketchup and uh, a whole bunch of sugar. And they literally, they take the glaze and they put it onto like the flat top in a bowl so it starts bubbling. So as soon as this chicken comes out of the fryer, it's so hot that the glaze sticks right to it and gets super sticky. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. The, the texture on the outside of this looks like it's just going to be super crunchy, but also it's ridiculously juicy. I don't know if, if you saw this at home. I'm going to bite into it too. Um, but just getting it off the initial, like, tell us about like the flavors that we're going to be seeing. So sweet, heat, mm. crunch, sour, and then oh, it's wow. just like that really nice chicken. <clears throat> it's normally not that hot, but I just, <laughs> I just got a bite. Oh my God. Um, but again, it's just that it comes out, so mm -hmm. it's super juicy. And then we add our house-made kimchi aioli on it. So it's got that another depth of like funk and flavor. Um, it's our top selling sandwich. It's one of my favorites. I, I've carried it around with me for years because it's just so good. I'm going to break this down in two different ways. Number one is the more like food knowledgeable, a little bit more spelled out way. And the second one is a total like, I like eating take out in my bed kind of way. Right. Number one, the textures in here all play really well together. The flavors are all married. You have the aioli, which I think actually highlights the sweetness and, uh, and the flavor of the chicken as well. Mm -hmm. But the aioli also stands out. That's something that I, I think that's where a lot of the spices come in. A lot of the spices coming from that. It's a straight um, gochugaru. So it's a mm -hmm. traditional kimchi. We get all of our cabbage in from local farms and we make it's actually a vegan kimchi so there's no fish product in it so oh really good old-fashioned lacto fermentation we take it we puree it to make the base of the aioli with local eggs um that yeah is, that's not a cupid if anything you add a little msg yourself i mean msg is coming from from kimchi wonderful yeah nothing no uh additives outside of it. it's pureed kimchi eggs oil rice wine vinegar lemon juice and salt amazing Super straightforward, but it adds that nice funk and tang to it, and then a little bit more heat from that uh, that kimchi that comes through, which really just kind of enforces the the flavor profile that we're going with, like the Korean fried chicken. It's not like a, a true Korean fried chicken. It's the KFC Korean fried chicken sandwich. Why not? Totally. And that's where it takes me to now my sitting in my bed in my underwear watching TV eating takeout. The description that I would have for this is, have you ever had New York-style... 785 General So Chicken. Think to yourself when you're hungover and there's nothing that's going to cure it. But when you take a bite of that, it immediately melts all the problems away. The flavor is everything that you craved. It allows you to actually have your headache go away and you take a nap. That's what I'm getting from this. <laughs> I've never had a higher compliment. This would get rid of a hangover. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I'm getting from this. This is wonderful. Dude. Yeah. The, the flavor is reminiscent of that like New York style, but in the elevated best way. Like this is great. And then on the brioche bun, like 
as a chicken sandwich, it's awesome. As a sandwich, it's better. Yeah, I mean, and our bread, all house-made too. So our house-made uh, milk bread buns, toasted, hit with the, the chicken, the pickles, everything we're doing from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, you're getting that sweet, sour, heat, acid, mm-hmm. all of it kind of wrapped together and just... Chicken thigh? Chicken thigh. Always. Yeah, it's got to be boneless, skinless chicken thighs. Like I said, we, we uh, marinate them in our house, the house-made buttermilk, mm-hmm. and then we take the brine from our full sour pickles, half and half, brine them overnight, and then we, uh, we apply a little bit of science to it. So we actually partly sous vide them, so it kind of brings it up closer to temp. That way, when you fry it, you're not going to overfry it. It's not going to overcook. It's not going to be undercooked. The cri- like the crispy coating on the outside, it's not going to be burnt and bitter. It's going to be perfect. That's great, man. Quick note, if you're ever going to do a chicken sandwich at home, thigh. Always thigh. There's Don't, no reason for breast. Do yourself a favor. Just buy dark meat. Always. <laughs> it's going to be cheaper. It's going to taste better. Every, th- every time. I don't think there's any person in the industry that's going to disagree with it. You're going to have a super dry chicken breast sandwich. You're going to be sad just like your sandwich. Too. It's a shame. Yeah. Don't do I've it. I've had a, like a very well-known chicken breast chicken sandwich. And they said that it's like their number one item. And it was unfortunately a little dry. And it was the flavors were there. Yeah. But it just would it's, I order it? It's dry. No. It's just chicken. <laughs> it's, chicken it's really that easy. It is that easy. Mm-hmm. Dude, this is a great sandwich. And it's the thing is when you hear all this, you might think, okay, it's maybe a little sweet. It's not too sweet at all. If anything, it's giving you the sweetness that you want, the sweet and sour. Um, but I think that all the other flavors complement it and really give it the savory that you're craving. Yeah, absolutely. It's just super well-rounded and my innate desire, which is funny that you bring up like New York style, ch- like New York style, general style, like really horrible American Chinese food is such a comfort food for me. That I love it. It just hits every, every notion of like what you want, especially from like a Midwestern palate. You're like, yeah, that's awesome. Orange chicken, it's horrible. Don't do it. Dude, but if you're going to eat it, you're going to love every single bit of it. The same way that I'm Mexican. Grew up eating traditional, real Mexican food. Mm-hmm. But if you take me to, like, a place that's just going to have enchiladas covered in cheese with a side of rice covered in cheese and, like, a whole bunch of, like, refried greens covered in cheese, like, yeah. I'm going to love it. Oh, it's, yeah, it's going to be great. And you're going to get a really weird neon blue margarita. It comes in a fish bowl. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a horrible hangover. You can eat the sandwich to get rid of it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have a good time. Everybody likes it. It's super cheap. It's super dirty. It's just really good food. And like that, again, that's the, the whole thing. It doesn't matter about, you know, no matter what part of the industry I've been in, like my, my palate is, you know, different, but it doesn't really change. Like, I mean, I, I work in a very, very nice hotel. I have instant ramen in like, don't Dude. get me wrong. <laughs> and that's the thing about, like, people that work, you know, in in food. If you know food super well, it still means that your palate exists. And sometimes right. there's certain things, like the Totino's pizza roll, that just makes total sense to eat. So, okay. On that note, I've had, a, <laughs> I've had a group chat going for two years where it's literally just a dissertation of the brand of pizza roll and the method of cooking between, like, eight people. Air fryer is the best I've heard. Microwave, very sad. Oh, yeah. Microwave's no good. An oven, pretty good if you want to wait. I, I oven every time. I do the oven because I just don't have an air fryer. Yeah, that's fine. You don't need to have an air fryer to enjoy a pizza roll. Yep. 
Um, and then same thing with tater tots. Tater tots, you can make them. It's going to be super hard. I don't suggest it. Just buy the, the bag. The frozen bag of tater tots, to me, that is a, it's the best form of potato that you'll ever have. That's my opinion. That's totally fine. You can have that opinion. <laughs> I'm not, not going to poo-poo a tater tot. Like, I'm, just, I'm a person. Like, I'm going to enjoy a tater tot. Uh, but, yeah, I think, like you're saying, oven for a tater tot? That's the way to go. I mean, or a deep fryer. If you have a deep fryer, deep fryer, for yeah. yeah, for sure, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't have a deep fryer in my house. You step your game. Up. I yeah. guess you're right, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I have like the you know the full burner in the backyard, and we can do the turkey fry if you want. Sure, to. that's a different story. Get a little tabletop. So get a yeah. little, little fry daddy. I don't have that. You see, but you can deep fry pizza rolls too. So you got you tater tots, pizza rolls. You're stepping your whole game up. You're gonna be just fine. Oh, you know what I mean? dude, you make such a valid point. <laughs> it's like a thirty-dollar Black Friday investment at Walmart. And it's gonna change That's your it? life. I mean, I've bought so many like tabletop deep fryers from doing pop-ups over the years, and yeah. you're like, you can get like what a Hamilton Beach one or whatever for probably like twenty bucks on Amazon. Okay, all right. Did you hear that? Well-ventilated house. Don't burn your house down. <laughs> Don't burn yourself. Your house is gonna smell like grease. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Is when it comes to food, if you know what you're talking about, if you know how to make good food, it doesn't mean that it has to be elevated. The, the food that we had here today is, in fact, sandwiches that are comfort foods. They are delicious. They're well put together. Obviously, everything here is from scratch, and it is indeed elevated. But the inherent form of these things, of these two sandwiches that we ate, are... I mean that's that's home right there. That's it's low key. It's simple. It's it's back alley. It, it comes from a place of comfort. It comes from a place of joy. Mm-hmm. And you know if if that means that you need a ramen, if you need you know Totino's pizza roll, like keep it simple. You don't always need to do the biggest things. That being said, what I just ate here today is something that took me to another level of what I didn't think on those two sandwiches could do. Specifically the muffaletta. The muffaletta was the textures, the flavors on the meats, on the cheese, on the the um, the dressing, the bun. The, the texture on the bun is really kind of what fascinated me the most because looking at it, it looks like it's going to be hard. You know, the type that gets in your tooth and maybe cuts your gum up a little bit. Yeah, it's like Cap'n Crunch all over the roof of your mouth. Not at all. Yeah. This one was great. This was just soft enough on the outside and pillowy on the inside. Like this is this is a sandwich that I would drive to to come check out again. There's a reason why I've heard that you should go check out Reese in the program here at the Daxton. Friends of mine in the food scene know about you. They know about what you've done, but furthermore, they know about the things that you've been doing here currently. So I, I thank you for continuing to be uh, a name, a voice, uh, for lack of a better term, a, a person to, to, to be with <laughs> um, here in Birmingham right now at the Daxton. And, uh, and you're a reason, you're a destination. Like this food, what we've seen here today, the, the place that we're in, like this is an actual destination. I would absolutely come here. I'm gonna come down and sit for a dinner that maybe isn't a sandwich. Um, before we go, what are some of the other things that we can find here on the menu? And then how do we find out more about you? Uh, so we are open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. We are open for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, starting at 7 a.m. all the way until 11 p.m. We also have an awesome bar and lounge program here with uh, another menu. Uh, and if you're staying with us in the hotel, we have a menu that is featured uh, with our, our many selections from the restaurant as well. 
Uh, you can find us on social media, Daxton Hotel, Madame Restaurant, M-A-D-A-M. You can check us out on all the social media. Um, but, you know, we have a really awesome and, and, you know, diverse menu that we feature. Things such as these sandwiches, all the way down to we're buying high-quality Wagyu for a really simple steak, if you're looking for that. You know, different, uh, different inspiration from all over the world, from Thai, Korean, American, Japanese, uh, Cuban, Latin American. Uh, it's really a big melting pot that we're able to showcase really awesome local ingredients and, and kind of showcase the purveyors, producers, and the growers around us that they just grow awesome food and we're just the conduit to get it out into the community. I'm sorry, I'm just thinking about these sandwiches again. <laughs> this is awesome. They're good I, sandwiches. I honestly can't thank you enough for being a part of this. I can't thank Yeah, thanks for coming out, man. Josh, the team from the Daxon, the whole group here, thank you so much. This has been awesome. I um I'm thankful to have given the to have been given the opportunity to come here, taste a local difference. Um, the Daxon Hotel, everybody here that's been part of today, thank you so much. And specifically I also want to thank all of you for checking this out, for checking out Sandwich Shock. Uh, you're the reason why we do this. We want to showcase our friends. We want to showcase the the food that is most known across the world, which is the sandwich. And here in the Metro Detroit area, we're doing it, and we're doing it big. As you can tell right now with Chef Reese, this is something that you've never had before. And you absolutely need to come and check this out if you haven't before. And if you have, make a reservation for a different kind of meal occasion. Come for breakfast. Yeah, we got it all. We gotta, we're actually coming out with... Uh new seasonal menus every quarter so it's always going to be changing it's always going to be new it's always going to be fun and uh you know no matter what time you're coming you're gonna you're gonna really enjoy what you're getting i can promise you that so love it good deal man cheers cheers brother talk to you soon yeah dude. absolutely everybody back home make sure you check us out i'm carlos parisi your host of sandwich shock and uh we're gonna have this all across the board if you have questions make sure you comment below like share subscribe talk about us we love you we'll see you on the next one